Hey guys, what's going on? Your host, George McKay. I am in the building and I got a very special guest with me today. I'm very honored to say I have Fred Ottman, aka Tugboat, aka the Shockmaster with me. How are you, sir? Hey, you forgot about the typhoon. I did. I did. I apologize. I, 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 that's I, right. Natural disasters, baby. That's right. Yeah. Tag team champions, if I'm not mistaken, correct? A couple times. Yes. All right, so one question I always ask everybody, Fred, is um, everyone has that defining moment where they fell in love with wrestling. Do you remember your defining moment? Uh, probably when I was nine or ten, when I was young. You know, it was getting up on a Saturday morning. I was uh, born and raised in Miami, Florida. Get up on a uh, Saturday morning, eat some cereal or have pancakes with mom made, go in and watch cartoons, and... Uh, Around 11 o'clock, uh, wrestling used to come on, Florida Championship Wrestling, and uh, with Gordon Soli as the announcer, and uh, we'd watch wrestling and then go out and play with my buddies, or do whatever uh, I had to do chores around the house. Right, you would go out and play with your buddies and then, you know, you know have your good old yeah. childhood fun. So... It, those yep. were your those were that was your earliest memory. Did you, did you have any early influences, like any guys that you were drawn to when you were watching Florida Championship Wrestling? Uh, uh, well, my favorite heel was the Great Malenko, but uh, you know uh, all, all the guys. I mean, uh, I've seen a very young Andre the Giant. I've seen uh, you know Dusty Rose was you know a great influence. Uh, the Briscoe Brothers. Uh, I mean, it's a laundry list of, uh, you know, different guys that came down the line that wrestled Florida was a, a great territory back in the day. Right. Yes, it was. It definitely had a lot yeah. of stars. Oh, definitely. Definitely. So, you know, Dickie Murdoch, he came through here, Captain Redneck. You know, I mean, there's just a lot of good, a lot of good heels, a lot of good baby faces. Yeah, no, it was definitely uh, uh, one of the better territories. I mean, I, I've I've gone and done my research now, but I wasn't so much around back then. But uh, seeing who came out of there was pretty impressive. It seemed like Florida at one point was pretty much the hub of uh, of a lot of the big talent that was coming out of there, right? Oh yeah, you know, I mean, uh, when I was uh, the territory was belonged to Eddie Graham when I was uh, young, and uh, his son Mike Graham wrestled here. I mean. Steve Kern, you know, who uh, later on became part of the fantastic, you know, the uh, fabulous ones, and uh, you know, with Stan Lane and uh, the tag partner. I mean, just a multitude of different guys. I mean, it was just tre tremendous talent here. Uh, these down where I was at, it wasn't until I was in uh, my uh, junior year of high school that I got to go to see a live event, the Miami Beach Convention Center, uh, where they used to do the Jackie Gleason show back in the day. Mm -hmm. But uh, they used to run, they used to wrestle there, and they wrestled in uh, the uh, Dinner Key Auditorium, which was down in Coconut Grove. So, in terms of your training, you uh, you trained with Boris Malenko, right? He was the one who uh, who originally trained you, correct? Yes, I did. Yes. And you originally started with uh, as you came out as Siegfried the Giant. I think it was back in February 1985 that you debuted, correctly? Down in here, yeah, that was. Uh, 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 Professor Malenko, his his uh, best friend was Carl Gotch. Right. And Carl Gotch, because of my uh, German and uh, Austrian background, my family, uh, he gave me that name. It was after an old uh, German strongman from back in the day. 
And when he came to you with that character and that name, what were your original thoughts on that? I was cool. I was just, you know, coming from a legend, you know, that gave me the name. And, you know, like I said, with my heritage or stuff like that, you know, it was cool. I mean, people ask me all, all the time. I mean, I've had so many gimmicks uh, wrestling, you know, that uh, I go like, they go, which was your favorite? And I'm like, you know, I loved them all, man. Anytime I was, you know, uh, you have to embrace what's given to you and have to uh, make the best of what you have to work with. Right, and even though some gimmicks are, are stronger than others, you just got to embrace it and try to find a way to make it your own. Oh, sure, sure. I mean, I'm not the only guy that's had a multitude of gimmicks. You know, you know that's just history. But, uh, yeah, I mean, some are good, some are better than others, and some are not as good as others. I mean, you just have to go with the flow, you know. So you worked your way up through the uh, the, the Florida and the Georgia areas and stuff like that, and uh, I think you wrestled for Texas All-Star Wrestling and then Continental Wrestling Association. I, that wasn't the only territories I wrestled in. I wrestled in Pensacola. Okay. I wrestled in Oregon with uh, Billy Jack Haynes. I uh, wrestled in uh, Tennessee uh, for the AWA office there out of Memphis with uh, Jerry Lawler and uh, uh, Jared. And, uh, I mean, in uh, uh I did a couple of shots for Smoky Mountain. Then uh, before I got the call, I was I was wrestling in Florida, and I went overseas and uh, worked uh, ten days uh, with Otto Bonser. It was my first time over over in Graz, Austria, wow. where uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger from. Nice. What was the experience yeah. like over there? It was fabulous. They wrestle rounds. You know, the wrestling there is called catch, and uh, it uh, they all run the same building back then. 30, 30 or 40 days in a row every single night and uh, pretty much sell out every single night. And uh, they had the big parade coming out to ring. And uh, when you wrestled there, you wrestled rounds, you know, three-minute rounds, you know. And uh, it was it was an exciting – and I met guys – that's my first time really meeting a lot of guys from uh, all over Europe as well as American guys that were wrestling there, you know, and they would uh, – the way they were over there. I went over there for 10 days because I was working with Otto. Uh, I was working with their champion. Uh, he came over here scouting talent when uh, uh, the uh, championship wrestling here in Florida, they took and did their first, uh, their big show out at the uh, fairgrounds here. And I went overseas. He came over here and spotted me and uh, offered me uh, to come over to wrestle with him. They talked to the office. And uh, they told me about it. And that's, that was my first you know, experience overseas. It was just a tremendous deal. And, you know, Austria was awesome. They treated me great. Uh, uh, a lot of publicity in that. And like I said, over there, they wrestle, uh, they'll go from town to town and it's like a caravan pretty basically. You know, all the guys live in uh, a campground type situation with uh, trailers and, uh, and they wrestle, you know, like I said, 30, 40, 45 days in one area, then they go to the next town. It was really interesting. But I met, uh, you know, guys like Finley and uh, Giant Haystacks and uh, other guys from the UK, you know, Scotland, Ireland, and uh, England. And uh, I met guys uh, from Belgium that were there. Uh, I mean, it was just a great, great experience, you know, as far as uh, being overseas for the first time, you know, being in a great environment like that. 
When you go overseas and then you come back here to like North America, is the transition different from like the different, like you mentioned, they wrestled rounds over there. So going from there to coming back here, was it different to kind of get back into the swing of things? No, not really. I mean, you know, it's, you know, it's like uh, you, you adjust, you know, it's just the same as if you go to Mexico. Uh, the luchadores wrestle from the opposite side is regular conventional wrestling. You know, so, you know, it's like, you know, when I talk to young guys, the more things, the more knowledge you have, you know, wrestling is a learning, a constant learning experience. You know, from the time you break in, you can be trained and go to school and stuff like that, but it's not until you're out on the road and you're wrestling every single night. Even with the independents, the guys aren't wrestling as, you know, uh, for the most of my career, I wrestled usually no less than 300 uh, days a year, okay? You know, it was either plane. It was sometimes it was planes, trains, automobiles, and sometimes a boat. You know, and uh, you know, automobile. I mean, when I first, my first territory was out in uh, uh, Texas, and uh, we were renting cars, and uh, we would put three to five thousand miles a week of driving in uh, in Texas, Oklahoma. You know, what I'm saying going. You know, we'd do uh, promos on a Monday morning, and uh, we'd probably be wrestling in either Midland or, or Odessa, Texas that night, so you'd have to drive about 350 miles one way, wrestle, then uh, drive back to San Antonio where we were based out of. I mean, I mean, and like I said, you were asking, is, is it different? I mean, you're constantly learning, constantly learning, and I, I thought it was a benefit to watch the different styles because, uh, you know, you know, different, uh, you know, like the U, uh, in the UK, the old school guys, you know, they were, you know, wrestled, uh, a, a, you know, semi-shoot style wrestling, you know. They have, you know, most of them have great amateur backgrounds and uh, backgrounds of submission wrestling. And the Germans have a, their own style on that stuff. So, I mean, it was, it was a, a great education that first time of going overseas to be able to be around these guys and see how they work in that and come back and, and take that knowledge with me coming back to the States. It was interesting because when I I interviewed Barry Horowitz a couple of weeks ago, and one of the things we talked we talked sure. touched on was the um the uh, the the grind on the road. Sometimes, like you mentioned, you know, driving three hundred fifty five miles in one night, going back and forth yeah. between territories and stuff like that. Did that ever like weigh on you, like being on the road so much, being away from your family? Did that ever like what was your what was your mental state when you were kind of doing all these these long drives, these long miles that you guys were logging? <laughs> You have to adjust. I mean, you know, I mean, and from the very beginning, you know, paying your dues and, and you know, that bitching, you know, bitching and complaining stuff. Some people can deal with it and some people can't. Everybody is different. You know what I'm saying? For me, it was never a problem, you know, traveling that because I was, you know, on top of everything else, I was getting to see places I'd never been before, not being able to spend the time there that you did. Even when uh, I went to uh, WW, you know, WWF and, you know, and indoor. WCW, I mean, uh, you were traveling and traveling and traveling, you know, uh, uh, you, you come home, you go out for five days or so, you come home for two days, go back out for, you know, seven to ten days, come home for, you know, two or three days, and that's how life was on the road, you know what I'm saying, and you make adjustments, and uh, it, it's a very hard business for marriages, you know, because that, you know, uh, when you get when you're making great money, I mean, you know, uh, uh, you can, uh, you know, fly, you know, your uh, wife here or there, you know, where you, you know, in a big territory. But I mean, as far as you know, 
back in the day in territories, guys would take their families with them. Um, when uh, a lot of times, like uh, your only vacation, you know, would be like if you were lucky enough to keep yourself booked and say like the Hawaiian territory. A lot of the old school guys used to go over there and work for my via. And uh, they would go there, and it was like a uh, vacation, a working vacation. They'd be able to stay there in a, in a nice uh, apartment there by the water and that stuff. And they would wrestle there, you know, for however long they were there and uh, had their family with them, you know. But other than that, when you were working territories, it was uh, your family was at the house, you know. They carried their families with them, you know, because you would work a place, you know, uh, a couple of three months or whatever it depends on the programs and you know what's going on with the territory and where you are on the card and who you're working with you know so everybody's different and everything's subject to change right right and sometimes you don't find out about those changes till last minute you could go into a specific territory thinking okay i'm going to be wrestling this guy and then two minutes before your match you find out hey you're going against this guy and you've got to make those adjustments right well yeah you know everything you know what i'm saying there's no Definite in, in the wrestling business, it's no, di- you know, no different than acting or or sing, uh, singing on, on the road or whatever. You know, a guy can get sick and get a cold and that stuff and miss, have to cancel four or five concerts. You know what I'm saying? Or, you know, get the car wrecked, God forbid, or one of his bandmates lose. You know what I'm saying? Things happen. You know that you have no control over. So you have to be able also, you know, and that's why I say it's hard on the road. Uh, Marriage-wise, if you're a married man, if you're a single, it's not a big deal at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, some guys can uh, achieve that, you know, and deal with the lifestyle, and some guys aren't capable. You know, it weighs on them. And especially when you got that much testosterone, you know, you're on the road more with each other than you are at home with your family. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of ribs going on. There's a lot of, you know... Uh, you know, some people, you know, believe what they read, you know, think that they are what they have on the uh, poster out in the lobby. And, uh, you know what I'm saying? Some people aren't able to fight their way out of a paper bag, you know. See? <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, and you got attitudes and that, you know, because it's a business of egos also. You know what I'm saying? Some guys are just cool and that. Barry's an awesome guy. You know, I mean, I, I know Barry, he's a Malenko guy and uh, just a, a great, great, great guy and incredible wrestler. You know what I'm saying? A very, very good good wrestler. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm not, you know, but I mean, but like I said, you know, there's a lot, of, you know, everybody's different, you know, and, uh, you know, things happen. <laughs> Absolutely. So you were you were actually in in a time period of wrestling where you were wrestling a lot of you know legends. You yourself are a legend, and I I want to stress that I don't want to take anything away from you and your career and what you accomplished. Yeah. When you guys were the natural disasters, I mean, you won the titles for Money Inc. Yeah. You had the Hard Foundation there, or not the Hard Foundation? Sorry, you had Money Inc. There, you were the Nasty Boys. Out of all the tag teams that you faced in that time period, who was your absolute favorite guys to get in the ring with and know that you had so much chemistry when you were working with them? Well, you know, I mean, there's so many guys. You know, and I would never want to diss anybody. You know, I worked with the Road. Me and Quake worked with the Road Warriors. You know, what I'm saying, I mean, we worked with a lot, a lot of different mixed tags and stuff like that on the road. Mm-hmm. So, I mean. To go that, you know what I'm saying? But if I, I mean, uh, Ted DiBiase and IRS, I mean, you know, two legendary workers, you know what I'm saying? I mean, 
tremendous, tremendous workers. You know, we are, loved working with them. Loved work, you know, also we worked with uh, Luke and Butch. You know what I'm saying? Even though they weren't, uh, you know, they were some of my favorites growing up as the sheep herders, mm-hmm. the bloodiest, nastiest, you know, tag team in the business. You know, I had the opportunity. I mean, I worked with Dusty, who was my brother-in-law, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. eventually. But, I mean, uh, and, uh, you know, here's a guy. I mean, I w- was able to work with guys. I mean, the Guerreros, I've worked with, uh, uh, you know, um, shoot, uh, <laughs> the li- list goes on forever. I mean, as far as guys, we, I mean, I've had the first matches when uh, Taker came in, okay, mm-hmm. when he came in there. I loved working with him. Uh, uh, you know, I had the opportunity to uh, be involved with angles with uh, Andre, you know, who was a great, great man, you know, and this, I miss a lot. And, uh, I mean, I couldn't even go down the line. You know, I wrestled over almost close to 30 years, 28 years, whatever, in the business. And, you know, and especially in the territories. And that Bruiser Brody, I was been around him and worked around him. And, uh, you know, Mark Lewin. And I've worked around some classic old school guys. Like I said before, like, I got to work with Dickie Murdoch. I got to work with uh, Rob Bass. And, uh, I mean... You know, not just WWE, I mean, WWF stuff, you know what I'm saying, or WCW stuff, you know, uh, or or, I mean, I mean, they're all generals, I mean, you know, in, in the wrestling ring. Right. You know, my partner, you know, Quake was incredible, you know, to have him as a tag team partner. He's my brother from another mother. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we had great chemistry together and worked in the ring. You know, when they came to me uh, to uh, put us together, uh, they go, well, what do you think? You know, it was after he had finished his program with, uh, you know, with uh, Hogan, you know, and he's like, you know, I got to work with the pollster, you know, and he's like, uh, it's the Midas judge, any guys that, you know, worked with him and that, you know, worked with Hercules, and Paul Roma, just a lot of great guys that, you know, and, and those guys are all, any of those guys that are where they were. I mean, you know, when I first came into WWF, when they brought me in there to do the dark matches, I walked in, we were in uh, Niagara Falls. I'll never forget being there, walking through the uh, curtain to go where the, everybody's getting dressed and seeing every great champion from every territory that I had watched through the years and now here I am with them I was so nervous Jesus you know <laughs> incredible you know what I'm saying you know am I worthy enough to be here with these people is how I felt in my heart well I think you were I think you were able to hang with some of the best is there anybody in that time yeah. period that you didn't get the opportunity to work with that you would have liked to work with kind of like maybe I don't know a, a dream match or a dark match something that you if there was a, if you could go back to that time period, there was a wrestler that you just never got a chance to mix it up with. That if you could, you would love to get into the ring with. There's a lot of guys, you know what I'm saying, but I mean, uh, I, I just feel uh, blessed to have worked with everybody that I've had the opportunity and to be a part of a, such a great business. And uh, the others, I mean, well, you, you can't, you know. If it happened, it happened. If it didn't, it didn't. I was always that way. Because I, when I wasn't wrestling, I was at the curtain watching the matches. You know what I'm saying? I, that's how you know much I love that. I love to watch guys work. I love to pick up things that I could use and things that I didn't think look would look good. You know, and there was just so many guys in uh, 
and I wish that I could, you know, to wish, you know, it, it, if it didn't happen, you know, it's, you know, to wish he could have done something, it's not in, in my heart, you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So are you still like, do you, are you, I mean, I know you're still involved with the business and stuff like that. I, I saw you at uh, the Chinlock uh, Legends convention where you came out, was able to meet you. That was an awesome moment. But are you still like a faithful uh-huh. fan? Do you still watch the product? Oh, sure. So you're very abreast. My waiting. She's sitting here. We just ordered dinner. And when I'm finished with you, we're going to watch, uh, you know, SmackDown. My son works there in uh, uh, production for them. He's sitting there ringside every, uh, on Raw and SmackDown, and uh, uh, we catch glimpses of him and that, you know, he's right there by, uh, uh, on the, you know, on the headphones and the little cubicle that guys get thrown on in the lap all the time. Oh, nice, nice. You know? That's amazing. That's incredible. I did not know that your son worked for the company. You know, <clears throat> yeah, oh, he's worked there for, uh, what, about two, three years, honey? Longer than that. He started with NXT. Well, he actually started, and he uh, went to... He's trained a ref. He went through uh, wrestling training at FCW uh, before uh, went to NXT and went over there. When Steve Kern was in charge of that, Dusty was there, and then uh, Dusty was my son's. He's my oldest son, and he was uh, uh, his. Him and his wife were, were godparents to my uh, son Berkeley. That's my oldest son. Nice. And uh, and uh, he went. Uh, he went there when he was started when he was 16, and then when he turned 18, they allowed him. He was there setting up rings. He was doing all the old school, learning the ropes of the business, learning production. He Because I, I told him, I says, you know, he won the ref, he won the ref, he won the ref. And he's a very, very good referee. Actually, when they've gone over a few times overseas uh, for the pay-per-views and that stuff in the uh, U.K., he'd uh, ref a few of the matches while he was there. Uh, for tryouts uh, from the, uh, you know, now they have the NXT, uh, the NXT uh, developmental over there. But before that, you know, got locked into place, he'd go over there uh, and ref a few of the talent that was there. That's awesome. That's amazing. But, uh, so, yeah. in terms oh, of. Yeah. Sure, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. No, in terms of, uh, so the roster, the current roster now, is there anybody that's like a favorite of yours, male or female, or maybe one of each, who you really, really love to watch in the ring? Well, there's a lot, uh, there's a lot of guys there. There are smaller guys that I like watching. Uh, I love uh, watching Von Strowman Strow because he's very athletic and he can talk. Mm-hmm. You know, for a big man that's really lacking in this business nowadays, you know. So, I mean... It's just crazy, man. You know, I mean, there's, there's so, so much good talent there. I love the Luchadors that they brought in. I've like, you know, uh, uh, a few of the other guys. I'm, I'm not as excited as far as uh, some of the uh, the angles and, and stuff are, you know, a little ludicrous. And now with a little bit of the pressure that's being put on them by the other companies that are coming into play, it's, uh, you know, it looks like they're hot-shotting or trying to, you know, you got guys that you've been using a certain aspect in that, and they're trying. I don't know what they're trying to do. I don't figure it out. I watch, and, and uh, if something disappoints me or something like that, I'll think and go to the other room and let my wife continue to watch, and she'll give me the uh, outcomes and, and stuff like that. But you know, there's uh, a lot of the girls. Uh, uh, I think the, that little Alexa Bliss is a decent little heel. 
Uh, I, I love the uh, Irish last kicker, but you know, uh, I love Roman Reigns. But you know, he's uh, a natural, and he's just had the rug pulled out of him underneath of him several times. You know, they get guys and give them a push, and then they kind of like cut them off. You know, and I don't agree with that myself. You know, but I mean, I'm just uh, I'm just sort of like I'm a I'm like a uh, retired semi mark that watches it from a wrestling point of view, my, you know, my point of view, and I, you know, everybody's, you know, everybody's got an opinion, and opinions are like buttholes. It's all in the same. You know what I'm saying? But, you know what I'm saying? But, I mean, because uh, I, I look, I, I, I can't, you know, I also listen to social media and all that stuff, and, you know, there's a lot of armchair quarterbacks. You know what I'm saying? It never leaves the booth. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You there's know, a so lot. I everyone has it, an I opinion. Find it very interesting. Yeah, very interesting and very funny. Yeah, <laughs> you know, but I mean, there's a lot of everybody that's working up there. For the most part, is, is an incredible uh, talent, you know, that they have there. You know, I, I just think that uh, not everybody gets used because they have such a, a high amount of people in the roster between right. NXT and you know what I'm saying. You know, I thought that maybe NXT should have been a complete entity under its own. You know what I'm saying? Instead of using, and you have they have at their fingertips the ability to bring guys up, but that way create that second show. You know what I'm saying? Up, you know that uh, it'd be something else for people to go watch and see. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. You know, like semi-pro football. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. I've said that before. I I love the NXT product and what they bring to the table, but the main roster product it is definitely lacking and. I'm like you. Some of the storylines I shake my head at and go, why did they do that? I don't understand it. But again, I don't work directly for the company, so I just have an opinion like everybody yeah. else. <laughs> well, like like the, the latest gimmick with the girl saying she's pregnant. Yes. I mean, yes. I was like, I, I, I was, we were here because I didn't see it last week. My wife told me about it, and uh, I was talking to Jimmy Hart this weekend, uh, me and the Nasties. We're at a signing up in uh, North Florida, and he was telling me about it. And I said, you know, my wife said something about this. He goes, it's, you know, and he was like, you know, he just in disbelief, you know what I'm saying? And I saw the recap last night, and I was just, I was just couldn't even believe it. it was so over-the-top stupid. <laughs> you know, between that and the, the 24-7 belt, you know, and then they had the guys what, two or three weeks ago, come out with the car belt, cardboard tag team belts on. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and that stuff, chasing everybody all over the place and all that stuff. And, you know, the angle between the guy with, with the wedding and uh, his wife. And, you know, that uh, I, I was just, I, I'm like, it just was beyond me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? In terms you of, know, the- it, it just <laughs> <laughs> in terms of the other company that we you know. that you kind of mentioned about like coming around it will be AEW that's your your nephew Cody's uh kind of got his hands in what do you think of that promotion and what they're doing because I've watched both pay-per-views that they dropped out and their product is amazing they're getting they're getting you know but they're getting a lot of attention stuff like that and they can't do on normal TV uh, what they've done is the paper the, these couple of shows you know you know semi-hardcore blood and guts going back to that you know what I'm saying uh, Toys R Us you know, was around they ain't gonna advertise right. you know all these different 
companies, you know, Coca-Cola, Pepsi-Cola, whatever. That's where the money is, okay? That's the money. And those people aren't going to take and be a part of that. You know, you'll have to, you'll only draw certain types of, I, I don't know, that's just my opinion. No, absolutely. You know, just, you know, if you watch general TV, what are you going to do? Well, if it's on after 9 o'clock at nighttime, I mean, you know, WWE is a three-hour show. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You know, but I mean, what do you, you know, I, I, you know, I don't know. You know, and AEW's not the only t- game in town. I mean, you, are you, you're still forgetting about TNA and you forget about, you know, uh, uh, G1 is doing shows coming back and forth from Japan. Mm-hmm. You got, uh, you know, when they have here, here in Tampa Bay, uh, for WrestleMania next year, they're going to be, uh, they're going to have a ring set up down in our, uh, entertainment district, you know, bars and restaurants and stuff down in Ebor City. And, uh, they've probably, they've got companies from UK, they've got companies from Japan, they've got companies from Germany and other different places, you know, domestic companies that are here. They're going to be running constant shows, you know, that's associated with WrestleMania, WrestleCon and all that stuff. You know what I'm saying? It's it's just a celebration of, of the business. Yeah, it's a great it's a great time to be a fan. WWE show. Yeah, no, it's a great time to be a fan because uh, it's it's very pop culture again. It's it's very cool to be a wrestling fan again. And there's the great thing about this time period that we're in now is there are so many options. You don't have to just settle with one. You have a plethora to kind of whatever way you want to wet your whistle, whatever you like or don't like in the business. You can flip to another organization and say, I like this about WWE, but I really like this about Ring of Honor, or I really like this about AEW. So there really is something for everybody. Yeah. I mean, and there's great talent out there. Yes. You know what I'm saying? There's great talent. And like independence. You know how much money it costs to go to a, a, a WWE show or a and E, you know, the other ones and stuff like that? Oh, yeah. You know, no, it costs AEW, a lot. I mean, you know, it's going to cost you lots of money. If you go out and support local wrestling, there's a lot of great wrestlers. Where do you think all the wrestlers came from? They're the indies. Okay. And you have a, a, a small venue. You know, and some of them suck, and you have different guys that are different levels. You got guys that are beginners and stuff like that that don't know a headlock from a you know from a wrist lock. You know what I'm saying? I mean, but it, it's out there, and they got to get out there. You know, how are they going to learn if they're not in front of people? That's where guys learn this business: working with different people and working not the same companies. You know, because they're as bad as these little guys, companies are as bad as like you know Vince and these other guys. You know, they think that, that they are the next thing, you know, how oh, oh, you can't, if you work for that guy, you can't work on my show. <laughs> I laughed. I, you know, I've laughed, I've done signings with some of these things and I'm like, and I look in the, and you know, I, well, I can't really, uh, I can't put, you know, they tell the promoter, I can't put this guy over tonight because uh, my family is out there. It's too close to my house. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, you know I, I'm in tears, you know, I'm like, you know, are you really? <laughs> You know, you know the only thing that's important in the wrestling business is the fans. Okay, without the fans, I would have never ever been anything or had the ability to be in a business like this. Okay, it's not what I went to college for. It's you know not you know uh, you know I've worked like I said since I've worked since I'm 11 years old, regular job since I'm 11 years old. I come from a lower middle class family, and you know. I'm, I, I, you know, I, w- I worked on airplanes when I was training uh, for uh, to wrestle. You know what I'm saying? 
because uh, the kangaroos used to come to my gym and they'd talk to me all the time and when they were working in Florida. And they'd go, you ever thought about this? You ever thought about that? You know, and I'd wrestle a little amateur. I'd play football. I threw a shot in the discus, did track and that stuff and everything. You know, but, you know, and they finally, you know, I, yeah, I'm going to go check this out, you know. And I went to Fort Lauderdale. That's where I met, you know, and audited uh, the training school up there. The Malenko came down on the weekends to Fort Lauderdale because he had one up here in Tampa. That's what eventually took me to Tampa so I could train five, six days a week up here. You know, when I came up here, moved up here and went to work and stuff. But uh, getting away from that, you know what I'm saying? It, it's just uh, the business. I mean, I, I, I encourage people go out, you know, I mean, you know, you go to a wrestling, take your kids, if you're a normal family, and even if the only dad or mom goes and takes a couple of kids to the field, by the time you pay for parking, pay for entrance, and the three seats or whatever, even you're sitting behind a pole up in the, in the balcony, and, uh, you know, pay for drinks, snacks, and God forbid you buy any gimmicks, you know what I'm saying? How much money you're spending? Probably enough to mortgage your house for one month. Business. Yeah. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? You know, and normal people have bills, and you know, and it's spread. You know, you're up, you're up, if you're from up, you know, you were at the Tinlock show, you know, people are uh, hockey fans, people are basketball fans, people are football fans, baseball fans, you know what I'm saying? So where do I spend my money? But without, I'm, I'm getting away and meandering. I'm bad about that. That's Three okay. That's okay. <laughs> Too many chair shots. <laughs> but, you know, um, you know, without the fans, man, I, I tell them everywhere I go when I meet, you know, without you guys, because they're telling me, you know, oh, we love to watch you and we love what you did and we love this guy and that and when you wrestled this guy and everything like that. And they're all thanking me. I'm like, you know what? Thank you for coming and seeing me. Thank you for watching me on TV. Okay, and, you know, and uh, letting me be a part of your life and give enjoyment to you from watching me, whether you hated me for being a heel or you love me for being a baby face. Thank you very much. Well, thank you for all the great memories. Like one of my all-time favorite matches is that tag team title match with you and Earthquake versus Money Inc. That's one of my all-time favorite tag matches. I love that match. When you guys won the titles that time, well, that was an amazing match. Hey, people still hate me. I swear on my children, <laughs> they still hate me for turning on the bushwhackers, okay, when I was tugboat. Yeah. I get comments here. She goes, you, you when they were kids, I loved you. And when you turned on the bushwhackers, you broke my heart. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. You know? I got to ask one more uh, question before we wrap this up. But yeah. I, I got to ask because sure. it, it's an infamous clip. Everybody knows about it. The Shockmaster. Sure. Can you? Oh, we got to talk about that. Though. We got to oh, talk no. about it. <laughs> can you? Yeah. Can you walk me through that? That whole stick. That whole setup. How everything went. You know, it came in. I was supposed to be the secret mystery partner because <laughs> I just come in from WWE, WWF. And so the, the the mask, people are like all the time, how are you going to wear that thing? And, or Because I'll have guys do photo ops. I'm like, you know you want to wear this. It's like the holy grail. They see it and they're like, and even at a Comic-Con, they're like, oh my God, can I take a picture of it? Can I? Can I? You know? I says, you know, you want to you wear it? When they do the photo ops, no. 
can I? I go, yeah, sure. <laughs> and uh, they'll put it on there, you know, and they'll put it on and get the picture taken. And I'll make a funny face, you know, while they're out at their friends or the wife is there taking a picture or whoever's taking it. They're all howling, you know, at the guy because I'm making a weird face or something. And uh, of shock and awe. And uh, they are, uh, gave me that deal. They made it. I still have it. Uh the, the one I had with me up there is the original, and I take it with me on the road. It goes everywhere with me. Um, and um, and it doesn't smell like the Bastion Booger's ball sack. So I just want you to know that. Uh, you know, because I was because when we did the retake up in, uh, with WWE, uh, when they brought me in for the Edge of Christian deal, when they, they, had, they were giving me the second chance to redo the event again so I wouldn't fall down. Yeah. You know? Yeah, you put it on, uh, the one guy puts it on his head, and his voice automatically changes like he was uh, talking uh, after sucking helium, you know, and, uh, <laughs> you know, that was the comment that was made, he goes, it smells like the Bastion Booger's ball sack, I said, you have, that's too much information for me to know about you, and I'm like, <laughs> but uh, it's, it's uh, you know, uh, they put it on, I mean, uh, it, it it had two little holes drilled into the, the deal and the sparkles that, that were coming through, the, the glitter. So they took and had the secretary take off a, a pair of her pantyhose and they cut patches to glue over the little pee holes that are in, in the mask so that the glitter wouldn't get in my eyes. So I automatically only couldn't see anything, even with the little peak holes. And then they put that over there. So I was pretty basic blind man's bluff. Mm-hmm. And then, the, you know, when I went, he says, you're going to have to bust through this wall that they constructed for Flair for the Gold. And it was made out of 5 eighths cheap rock, and it was extended up. So there was a, uh, there was wood. It was studs like in your house. On the backside, they didn't gimmick the wall because Mike Graham, the wrestler, he's the one that was going to give me the cue. There was no way to mic, mic that uh, helmet. So they wound up taking an, uh, 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 you know, he, Somebody else does the uh, voiceover, and I'm pantomiming when I go through. But uh, Mike's there. He says, "Fred, you're gonna have to hit this hard, you know." But I was a problem. I was benching, you know, uh, right around 700 pounds, you know. And so I said, "Oh, I can bust the wall. That's no problem." So I was like uh, less than a foot away, and I double axe handled the wall, and there was a board also right below my kneecaps because of the uh, the extended height of the wall. Okay, and uh, when I busted, I busted the wood, I busted the uh, the wall out, and then tripped like a teeter-totter and went blam down my head and went to turn. And since it was a live, it wasn't taped, it was a live show, pay-per-view, I turned my head and I was trying to grab the hood to get back on and jump up. You know, and everybody else was having a heart attack, you know. Uh, Davey Boy, oh, he fell on his arse, you know. <laughs> the whole nine yards, you know, uh, Sid Vicious, so you know, it was a horrible, horrible thing to happen to fall flat on your face to make your debut. You know, and after that, other than the uh, guys ribbing me constantly about it and uh, having to deal with that, I mean, if I was a drinker, it would probably have been a case of beer night going driving back from uh, Daytona Beach back to Tampa, where I was living at the time. But, uh, you know, I, you know, got over it and dealt with it, you know, as I walked out through the back after the gimmick was over, 
you know, uh, here's Dusty in the back of the control booth, and he's bent over crying, laughing, you know, and the, everybody else, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, and the rest is history as we know it. Yeah, it's definitely you know, become it's yeah. become one of the most infamous yeah. clips. But you know what? It's it's great that you've embraced it and that you bring that with you. It was great to yeah. see it at the Chinlock Show. I think it's awesome because you know what? The fans remember it, and it's something special. As much as we remember yeah. Tugboat, we remember the natural disasters, we remember all those things. The Shockmaster definitely stands oh, yeah. one of the highest points for sure. I probably there was probably seventy five to one hundred people that took photos wearing that hood. Probably that many people. I didn't. I was away. afraid. I was afraid to ask because I was like, I don't yeah. want to. I don't want to. I don't want to bother him too much. I just want to take the picture, pitch the podcast, oh. and hope he calls me. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, you know what I'm saying. I mean, I got pictures uh, when they we did. You know, they did the San Diego Comic Con exclusive Shockmaster by Mattel uh, in 2016, and I was there with Becky Lynch, and I was there with the soccer mom, uh, <laughs> yeah, and a few of the other boys there. Um, but, uh, in, uh, WWE, we did a little gim- uh, gimmick in the back where, uh, Becky sees the Shockmaster mask sitting on the chair and she picks it up and puts it on and, uh, you, you can pull it up on the network, you know, and then I come in and she bumps into me and, and goes to slowly lift the thing off and she's looking at me in the eye, you know, with that, she had been wearing the helmet. Uh, Mr. Shockmaster, sir, <laughs> you know. So we had fun with it. I mean, uh, uh, it, you know, it was a great experience. You know, like you, like you said, you know, I, I, you know, I make, I have fun. I, I joke about it, have fun with it, and uh, all that stuff. And I get all kind of all the comments, A to the Z. I'm at the uh, purists that are on there. It's the most horrible thing, you know, in uh, wrestling history, and this and that. And I'm like. Uh, Absolutely. The figures and that stuff. So I'm okay with it, okay? And I think most of the fans, you know, I, everybody has it's like that. I have uh, guys when I do podcasts like yours and they're like, uh, well, uh, um, and, and they're edgy about wanting to bring it up. But I, you know, I'm like, oh, you want to know about the Shockmaster? <laughs> you know, I'm like, you know, uh, they'll be apprehensive. You're going to hurt my feelings. I've only got one or two left. The rest were knocked out of me a long time ago. <laughs> uh, you're not going to hurt my feelings. You know, pretty basically the deal. All right. You know, and, I, you know, and, you know, it's like you asked me at the beginning. Is there not anything you don't want to talk about? Because right off, off the bat, they think you don't want to say anything about that. Right. You know, I love everything that I've done in the, in the wrestling business. Good, bad, and ugly. Okay. And, uh, you know, I'm just, like I said before, I'm just, happy that I was able to be a part of something that I love. I was a wrestling fan. I was a wrestler and I continue to be a wrestling fan. I enjoy all types, all, you know, uh, all different, different companies and, and that, you know, so, I mean, it's a great business. It's a great business. And even some of the, stuff that they're doing is crappy on some of the different companies and do I agree with everything? The only thing I have to say is they need to give uh, young, you know, the thing, in, especially in the independents, is guys emulating what they see 
on TV. Character-wise, wrestling-wise, you know what I'm saying? What made things different back in the day and when I was wrestling, okay, depending on where you were in the world, what companies you were working for, the styles of wrestling were different. And like I said before, having the opportunity to work with so many different types, you know, I mean, wrestling has become a high spot business where it's nothing but high spots, you know, and uh, guys don't have a tendency not to sell what's been done to them. And it's not believable. You know what I'm saying? They go out there and they'll talk uh, for 10, 15 minutes. You know what I'm saying? People want to come see wrestling. True that they want to see, you know, they're building angles and they're building storylines and stuff like that. But it's all about, you know, when that come out, when uh, me and Quake used to come out and cut a promo, and, you know, we were managed by Jimmy Hart, but we come out there, we didn't make you believe we were going to kick your ass, you know, just like a lot of guys. I mean, you know what I'm saying? It wasn't, if, if it's, uh, you know, if it's too much laughing and gaga, you know, or too many, too much silliness, people go, I think. But that's my opinion now. Yes. You know, it, it's, you know, it's nothing edging the stone, you know. But I mean, uh, if it's funny, you don't make money, you know, in a lot of aspects. And, you know, you need a variety of characters, you know, different characters, different, you know. And like I said, again, that's just my opinion. You know, and I told you what opinions are like. Yeah, every they're like buttholes. Everybody's got one, hundred yeah. percent. That's right. All right, yeah, Fred. Before thing, you know, what I'm saying. Mm-hmm, I understand completely. Before we wrap it up, I just got one final thing I need you to do. Yeah. I need you to give sure. me give me one more tugboat whistle and just let the people know that they're listening to Straight Talk Wrestling before we say goodbye. All right. You ready? Yep. <laughs> And you're listening to Straight Talk Wrestling. No BS. Just the truth. I love it. That's amazing. I am definitely going to use that to introduce every one of my episodes. Thank you so much for the time today, sir. It was a complete honor. And I want to let you know that you are officially now a member of the Straight Talk family. Anytime you want to come back on the show, you just call me and let me know. We're going to do it all over again. No problem. Anytime you want to call, feel free. All right. Thank you, Fred. You have a great night. Enjoy dinner with your wife. And uh, I hope you enjoy SmackDown. All right. Awesome. Thanks, brother. Take care, Fred. Bye-bye. All right. Be careful. Bye. Well, guys, that was the shock master. That's right. Your host got him. Tracked him down, chased him around for three weeks, but I finally got him in the can just for you guys. That's what I do. I hustle every day. As always, I'm your host, George McKay. Thank you so much for listening. Next week, we're going to have another great one for you. So stay tuned. Stay locked. Thank you for listening. Tune in next week for another episode on Spreaker, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and iHeartRadio. Also follow us on Facebook at Straight Talk Wrestling, on Instagram at Straight Talk Wrestling, and on Twitter at underscore Straight Talk. And for all our merchandise, you can search us on ProWrestlingTees.com. Thank you.